Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 216, Willpower and Shame. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to the Changeable podcast. On today's episode of Changeable, I want to talk about an aspect of willpower that I think isn't often discussed, and that's shame. And when I say that shame is an aspect of willpower, what I mean is I don't think that you can have the concept of willpower and let's just say it's a concept, whether it feels like a reality to you or not, doesn't matter. But this idea of willpower that that I, me, can make things happen. I have some power, some ability to make things happen in life and get my way. I have some some control over life, some degree of control, or at least I'm going to try really hard and pretend I do and hope it works out in my favor. When when we're holding that concept, when it looks like I have some willpower here to use to try to make life go my way, I can't see how we can have that in the absence of also at least a good portion of the time feeling quite a bit of shame. Because again, the whole concept of willpower is is rooted in this idea that you can do it, it's up to you. Often all kinds of extra stuff is added in, like anyone can do it. We can have anything we want if we try hard enough. Put your mind to it and you'll have anything you want. All of this nice empowerment stuff that we've heard so many places. It's all based on the premise that there's a you that's separate from life that is able to exert some control over the way that life shows up. And baked into that premise, baked into that idea, I mean, you are a separate you is at the center of it, obviously, right? I mean, none of this makes any sense if there's no separate you. So a separate me outside of the whole of life is kind of, is kind of all of this revolves around that idea. And, and that you has all this power to make things go your way, at least in theory. So that means that when things don't go your way, who's to blame? I mean, the concept is already set up to give credit and it's giving credit to you. So clearly you get the blame at least a good portion of the time. Again, not all the time. Minds are really, really good at putting blame elsewhere. And that's fine. That happens sometimes. But I think that's going to run out. At some point, it's going to come back on you. When we're working with a concept that says, what happens in life is up to you and it's up to your effort and it's up to your discipline and it's up to how hard you want it, how badly you want it and how hard you work for it, which is essentially what we've been taught about willpower. So we're in a situation where, oh, we're in a sitch, as my kids say, we're in a sitch where we think we're us and we're a little excited Because as a separate me who's separate from the whole of life, I'm inherently insecure. And that doesn't mean I have low self-esteem. That means like 
I'm separate. <laughs> I'm a little old me here. And there's a big life out there and all kinds of bad stuff can happen. And I'm fragile. So my foundation, and this is the foundation of all human psychology. This isn't a personal thing. When we feel like a separate me, we're standing on shaky ground. We have a very fragile foundation because duh, we're, there's a life out there that's way bigger than us and bad stuff can happen. It could hurt us. It could even kill us. So when people talk about kind of the root of a lot of our psychological issues, anxiety, or I don't know, whatever, uh, coming back to a fear of death, of course, I think everything comes back to a fear of death to a mind because a mind thinks you're a separate you that can die. <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's big. That's a thing to be afraid of. And and again, it's funny how it works. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying like you feel a fear of death. I think probably most of us don't ever give it much thought. And probably some of us give it a whole lot of thought and everyone else is somewhere in between. But even if you're a person that doesn't really give death much thought ever and you wouldn't say you're afraid of death, just by virtue of feeling like a separate me, there's a there's a psychological foundation, not a real foundation, but a psychological foundation, let's say, of insecurity. So we're in this sitch where we have a psychological foundation that is afraid and insecure and clearly from that place wants something to hold on to, wants something to control. And then we put that fragile and insecure mind in in an environment where it's hearing all the time all over the place, you can have anything you want. It's just, you know, hard work brings you everything you need. It's up to you. Uh, focus, all the things, right? All the things that put it on us. And, and what are we left with? We do our best. We do the things that make sense to do. We exert the will at least we have the experience of that. <laughs> Again, it's a whole other conversation about this whole, is there even any any willpower at all? I have a whole episode on that, I think. Um, so you can listen to that. But just from a, from a perspective of a person that feel, feels like a person, we go to work and we white knuckle and we do all the things. We put strategies in place and we change our thoughts and we do everything we can to make change happen. We use as much willpower as we can muster. And typically it quote unquote works for a short period of time. And that's kind of the worst case scenario <laughs> because now think about this situation we're in. We're fragile, we're, we're insecure. We think, okay, but I know I can just work really hard. I can get myself out of this insecurity hole and I'm gonna secure something and I'm gonna be happy and I'm gonna be okay. So we work really hard and we kind of get that thing that we think is going to make us okay. Now things are wonderful and it's all because of us. So, so our little ego mind is just happy as can be. You did it. You did it. You made this happen. And of course, it doesn't stop there, right? It goes into all the stories of now you have it nailed. You see, you can control life. What are all those people talking about? You are in charge. You can have whatever you want. Just work this hard forever <laughs> and you will always be able to get what you want and then you can just be secure and happy and maybe you'll never die. Obviously, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but 
some variation of that is how it feels for us. It's truly how it feels for us when we use quote unquote willpower, what feels like our own free will and our willpower, and we make something happen. And it is one of the highest psychological highs I think a person can have because it's all about a person. It's nothing but pride. Now, I say that's like the worst case scenario, us, us getting what feels like a success and a prideful success and a success that you made happen. I say that's kind of the worst case scenario because the only place to go is down. And this is not because you are destined to fail. It's not, it's not for any reason other than the fact that that was a momentary experience. And this experience of being a me who's going to work really hard and exert my will and make things go my way, it's not stable. It was never meant to last forever. And it was never, ever meant and it never, ever will lead to to what our mind is wanting it to lead to, which is security and lifelong happiness. It isn't going to do that. It literally can't do that. It, it was a thought. It was an experience. It cannot bring you what, it, what our mind wants it to bring us. And it cannot sit there. Like it was, it, it's fluid. It, it comes and goes. It's not stable and it never will be. And even on a more physical, psychological level, you know, when we really are fighting and trying and pushing it's going to run out, obviously. We know in that case it's going to run out. So your, your luck, which it doesn't feel like luck, your control, that's really what it feels like. Your control, you did it, you're awesome, you, you're going to save everything and make yourself happy forever. That control you exerted was never ever going to go beyond like a few momentary little things. But what happens is we experience that. Again, we get super excited. We think we're good. It, it runs out. <laughs> things don't go our way. We find something we can't control a minute later. And now where are we left? Now we're left with our mind saying, well, wait a minute, you made it happen and now you're failing. So it's all back on us. So we're on this roller coaster, this willpower roller coaster that at the very peak is pride. And again, psychologically, that's like the best of the best. Not only did we get what we want, but we made it happen. That's amazing to a brain. And at the bottom of that hill, (laughs) once you hit the top of the hill and you're in this pride, at the bottom is not only is everything falling apart, but it's all our fault. And it is nothing but shame. And again, we're hearing those messages of, you can do it. Anyone can do it. Your destiny's up to you. You can have anything you want. There's all the implications in there. If you just are smart enough or work hard enough or want it bad enough or have enough discipline, you can have everything you want. And that message is going to produce shame. I mean, a message doesn't produce a feeling, but you know, the the human experience of that is going to include a whole lot of shame. And it, it, I can't see how it could ever be any other way. It's just the way that story works. It's like any concept has an opposite. That's what concepts are. They have a, they have a flip side. It's like two sides of a coin. So 
on the on the one side of the willpower concept is a lot of pride and control, and that's great. And on the inevitable other side of that coin is a lot of failure and shame. And it's just the way the concept's set up because it's a concept. Now, here's what I think is really cool about this, though. It was never meant, willpower was never meant to work forever or us controlling things. You know, we can have this experience where we feel like we controlled something or we got our way and we gave ourselves, our mind gave us the credit for it. But like I said, that was, that's never, never going to last. It's never going to stay and I think the reason it's not going to stem, I mean, it's an experience and experience don't sit there. Everything's constantly in, in flow, in motion, in flux energy, right? So nothing stays. But it's like, we're not, I feel like this whole roller coaster is here to show us that we are not meant to control life and that sometimes that roller coaster has to get really wild and really dangerous and just so incredibly painful for us to see there has to be another way. Maybe I can't master life. I can't control life because, wow, who would have ever thought I'm not supposed to? (laughs) Like that doesn't even, I mean, I'll speak for myself. Like it took years and years and years and I still don't see that. I'm sure I still miss it all the time. But Years and years of just trying the next thing even harder. Years and years of trying what truly was my hardest and smartest and doing using all the resources and doing the best I could possibly do to try to make my body do different things or make my mind do different things than what it was doing, to try to force that with little blips of what looked like success, which just kept me going. Kept me, kept me on that hamster wheel saying, no, but I did make it happen before. So I know I can do it. That's the thing, the success, like quote unquote success, you know, it just fuels it because it's like, nope, I controlled it before. When I went on that diet, let's say, and I lost 10 pounds or whatever, I made that happen. And so oh my gosh, if a mind doesn't get so completely hooked on that, I made that happen, I can do it again. But again, it was never life and your body and your thoughts and your experience was never meant to be controlled. They cannot be controlled. They are not separate from life. It is all one flow of life and there is no such thing as control. That's a whole concept in this as well. So control, willpower, same thing, right? So it was never going to stay that way. And it was never the way our mind was telling us this experience, narrating the story with you as the hero. That was, that was just the story. So of course things are going to shift and change and we're not meant, I don't believe, to be here trying to control and push against life forever and ever. So it's like we have these experiences and eventually see, wow, yeah, I got really excited and thought I had some control, but Apparently I don't, and that that gets to kick us off the roller coaster. That gets to wake us up to something else. So back to that diet example. I mean, you know, we've all had the experience of doing something for a little while and it quote unquote works, and then we get hooked on it. And then it doesn't quote unquote doesn't work <laughs> later. And and the shame that comes with that, because we have proof. 
We have evidence. We can make it happen. We did it before. Other people are doing it. We look out in the world and see everybody else is controlling things. Look how great of a job they're doing. I mean, it's funny to think about it, but that's how it looks, doesn't it? Doesn't it look that way? We look around the world and as much as we can, the same people will also say, wow, the world is really in a crazy place right now and a lot of things seem to be falling apart from a certain state of mind. We'll look out in the world and say, how come all these people, all 8 billion of them seem to be able to control their hunger and I can't? Or they seem to be able to control their emotions or control their anxiety or control their thoughts and I can't, I'm the one who can't. I know I can because I did it that one time. I did it that one time and I was really happy for that week. That was a great week for me. Awesome week. And I just, I just got to do the right thing. Something went wrong and I fell off the wagon, but I'll get it back. I'm going to just try harder. I'm going to focus more. I'm going to be a little harder on myself because I'm probably just letting myself off the hook. I know that's probably it. This is always how it goes, isn't it? I'm, I'm cutting myself too much slack. I'm relaxing a little bit too much, a little too happy, a little too much joy. Let me get serious again and see if I can recreate that one really awesome week I had because I know I can. And look, everybody else is doing it. <laughs> this is how it sounds in our heads or at least how it feels, I think, in our experience of this. And, and what if... All of this is, again, it, it feels like it works for a minute and then it inevitably doesn't work because life is perfect, because it is not our job to go through life trying to control it because, because you know, oy, <laughs> because it was never meant to work and we just, we just are constantly being shown this. We're constantly being pointed back to, yeah, you think you have control. Well, how about now? How about now? And it's just for whatever reason, it's so hard for us to just see that feedback. Our mind, because our mind is so strong and it's all about me, you know, it wants to, it wants to spin the failure into shame and you must be doing something wrong, but don't worry, just do it harder next time and it'll work. And sometimes we're on that pride and shame roller coaster for months, years lifetimes. I don't know. But I think, I think we get this opportunity to kind of just look at that in a different way and wonder, maybe I'm not supposed to master this ride. <laughs> maybe I could just get off this ride. Maybe I could just see it as a roller coaster that has ups and downs. It may play. It may play out in all kinds of ways. Next time I want to achieve some goal or have something different in my life, my mind will go hop on that roller coaster and it'll talk about what I should do and what I did do and it'll celebrate me. And then I'll, and then something will shift and then my mind will make me the enemy and I failed and I'm weak and it's all my fault because that's the only thing a mind can do. If you get the celebration and the pride, will you also get the shame on the flip side? And and just being able to watch that ride like from the sidelines, you know, and see it's just a story. It's just exactly, exactly what a mind would do with a me at the center and success and failure and security and happiness at risk. I mean, it's just like the, such a compelling story. From, from a place of being really identified with thought and identified with our mind to the point that 
what the narrator says is just your reality, which is, it's all of us at times. There's no, no grade. There's no shame in that. It's just how things look sometimes. But from that place, I mean, you can see how, how much conditioning comes to play, how much this message, this message of willpower, of you can, you can make things happen. And, and sometimes it's you can make things happen. Sometimes it's, it's all up to you. You must make things happen. You're the only one. <laughs> no one else is going to make things happen. Like from that place, there's no, no sense that life is living us. Mind doesn't know about life living us. Are you kidding me? Mind thinks it's living us. So, so when we're really identified with thought, mastering that roller coaster is our only option really is our only option. And, and all the societal messages from other people who are innocently just identified with thought, it just seems to confirm all of this. You know, I mean, for me personally, the, the biggest source of these messages and the influence, and this is just my own personal bias, is all the self-help of, you know, probably the 90s and early 2000s especially all the empowerment stuff, all the motivational stuff, all the you can have anything you want and and create your life and all of that on so many levels, you know, just kept reinforcing over and over and over it's up to you. And that which is which is a concept which has at the flip side of that, it's also all your fault if you don't get what you want. If you aren't happy and not even getting what you want. If Because really, again, kind of the worst case scenario for all of us, which we've all been through many times, is we do get what we want, yet we're still not satisfied. Well, crap, now what? <laughs> like, oh my God, I got what I want and there's something else missing? That's the worst case, right? So that's, that's what's reinforced and that's where we're focused in this message. And I don't know that there's a way around that besides seeing that that's how this message works and that's how a mind will play it. Like we will be on that roller coaster of get what you want. And when you do, it's the highest of psychological highs. And when you don't, it's the lowest of psychological lows. So, so I was thinking about this. I mean, and again, just my biases, I was so into the self-help stuff of those, uh, those decades, especially. And I know that uh, took me for a ride in many, many ways. But I was also just thinking about like what our our governments are based on us in the West, you know, especially in, in America. I mean, this is the place where anyone can create any life they want, which is really kind of a joke, but that's what we're told. You, It's up to you and anyone can kind of, I shouldn't say it's a joke, but you know, it's like, it's just these passed on stories that it's all up to you. And people move to this country because they have opportunities. And of course they do. I mean, I'm not at all saying that we have no opportunities, but, but to put it in this extreme way that everyone has the same equal ability to create what you want, what it sets us up for is a whole lot of blame and a whole lot of shame. Because not everyone does have the same experience. Not everyone does obviously have the same outcomes in life and the same level of the same feelings of happiness or security. And when it looks like we, we human creatures are based on, we run on willpower, it's so easy when someone has 
circumstances that aren't wonderful in their life to blame them. And this happens all day, every day. It happens all the time. You know, you must not have wanted it hard enough. You must be lazy. You must not work hard enough. Like you must not be smart enough. You like whatever it is. So again, there's such a, such a danger in this story. I mean, and it's still just a story, but I just want to put that out, the psychological toll that it's going to have on us, the ride we're going to go for that is going to be, you know, either, yay, I did it and it's all because I'm amazing or boo, I failed and it's all because I'm horrible. I just don't see a way around that. And then again, at a societal level, it just sets us up for seeing that in other people. Well, what's wrong with you that your health is suffering or your finances are suffering, you're poor? I mean, this is the basis of so much discrimination because of people's class or their body size or or whatever. It's ridiculous. So at the other extreme, so that's how it goes when we're really identified with thought, we're listening to what our mind is saying, which our mind is just... It's just me-centered, obviously. So it's going to just do everything it can to make this fragile me okay. Um, It's going to take all the credit when it goes well and most of the blame when it doesn't go well. And that's just what that, that thought identification experience is like. And we all know it. We all know it. But beyond that, beyond me, beyond I, I'm separate from life and so I can control life beyond I have willpower and control period, you know, beyond all of that story where there's, there's just oneness, where there's just life, where there isn't all this cause and effect and making things happen and, and guilt and shame and blame and pride and all of that. If you really look there, it's like, there's just life happening the way it's happening and what if nothing is our fault because really obviously if we aren't making things happen we aren't at fault when things don't go our way so just to kind of look at this just kind of lean into that you know what if nothing is really our fault even even from a person-based perspective, because, because you know, we've talked about this for a long time here, uh, that this idea of, of psychological innocence and that we're always doing the best we can see to do, you know, I mean, that makes it so that nothing's our fault. And I know I'll get all the questions about do, do people who murder people have to go to prison? Yes. <laughs> Yes, let's put them in prison for other people's safety, but that's not really what we're talking about here, ultimately. Not in a very practical, what do I do with this criminal kind of sense, but, or my, my neighbor yells at me, should I just be their friend? No, that's not what we're saying. In, in a bigger sense, in a bigger sense, we are all in the experience that we're in that we did not make happen. We are experience. We are all one. This is all one flow of life. So there, this whole thing about fault, you know, really has to be just another concept. And, and to just kind of even live though, like even, even what shows up for us and the choices that we apparently make or the choices that are made, the thoughts that are thought, the feelings that are felt, 
we don't seem to have a say in that. We don't have control over that. And check this for yourself. I don't see it, but again, I know sometimes it feels like we do, and then we're on that roller coaster. But beyond that thought-identified reality, we see, hey, there's just this. So there's no control over all of that. So nothing is our fault. Life is living us. And somehow seeing that and feeling into that makes our our experience as a me in this physical world a whole lot easier because again we see the roller coaster now we're back on the sidelines watching that ride watching it go up i went to an amusement park this summer with my family so i can picture it very clearly you know watching the chink 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 of the roller coaster everybody's getting you feel all the nervous energy and then it goes downhill and you hear the screams and like watching that, being in that versus seeing it from the outside, totally different. Either way, the roller coaster's running and it's going to be running for all of us and and it's going to feel really compelling at times. But to just have this little bigger perspective on it, I think really, really changes the experience. So anytime we're feeling shame, it's just showing us that we're really bought into the to the willpower story. You know, we're really feeling like a separate me that needs to control things. And it's a great little reminder, great reminder to just feel that shame and say, oh, like, is this really on me? Am I really here to try to control life? And what if I'm wrong? What if I thought I needed to finish that project on time or run that marathon or end that habit from my own white knuckling or whatever it might be. But what if life is showing me otherwise? What if my mind is saying, no, you shouldn't be hungry right now. Or my, your mind is saying, no, nope, it's not time to be tired. It's time to work a little harder. But, but life is showing you otherwise. And why do we listen to our mind? Shame is showing us. That's exactly what shame is showing us. Shame is showing us that we're listening to our minds And we're ignoring what life is trying to show us. We're listening to our minds and we're blaming ourselves for something we have absolutely no control over that is not our fault. And we're wrong. (laughs) We're wrong about, you know, if if you're tired, you're tired. If your mind is telling you you shouldn't be tired and you should work harder, well, that's ridiculous. (laughs) I'm not saying I don't fall for it too, but it's ridiculous because how would our mind know what life should be doing? It's ridiculous. But thankfully, we have these emotions and particularly shame that shows us when we're, when we're really into this. And it's funny with willpower and all the things we go for and we try to make happen and we try to make them go our way versus letting things happen kind of the way life has them happen. You know, it's always, and I know this is something we talk about all the time, but It's always like us missing what's right under our noses. It's like we're going about things in such a hard way to get what? Happiness and security. It's all we care about. Happiness, really. We'll just call it happiness. We just want to be happy, period. That's behind every single thing we ever think, do, feel, all of it. We just want to be happy. And so we work really hard (laughs) to get something that we already are. If I could just break my habit, I'd finally be happy. Let me 
try really hard, get my willpower out, succeed and then fail and then feel the shame and then do all this stuff. But let me keep at it because if I keep at it, I did have some success that one day. And if I can just replicate that, then I can be happy. And sometimes, again, this goes on for lifetimes. But it's all to be happy. It's all to feel secure and to have peace of mind. And the biggest cosmic joke and irony of it all is those things are there beyond all the running around. It's it's literally like if I wanted to hang out in Detroit for the day, deciding I'm going to go to Metro Airport, I'm going to book a round trip flight from Detroit to London, I'm going to get on the plane, fly to London, get off in London, fly back to Detroit so that I can arrive in Detroit and spend the day in Detroit. I'm already in Detroit. (laughs) I'm already in Detroit, but I can't even see it because I'm busy booking flights and packing luggage I don't need. Look at that because it's so hard to see. It's so easy to miss. So easy to miss. But anything that we think we want and that we're willing to exert crazy amounts of willpower, crazy amounts of effort and discipline and struggle. Oh my gosh, the things people do. The things people do to get what we want, to to find the freedom, you know? And again, I'm 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 all for taking action, all for doing things and playing in life and and you know, whatever action, I'm all for doing hard things. I think doing hard things is amazing. Exerting effort is amazing. It's not about that. It's just really worth looking at, okay, what's the end goal here? Like, what's the big why here? And it's always happiness, always. And happiness is sitting there like, hey, I'm right here. (laughs) Why are you working so hard? What's with all the pride and shame roller coaster? Why is this thing running? I'm right here. So I don't think we're going to avoid the pride and shame roller coaster as long as we have a mind that we at least sometimes get a little bit identified with. But I think we can spend more and more time on the sidelines seeing that ride run, choosing to not be on it or not really choosing, but not being on it, seeing it from a distance, seeing it from another place, you know, and then just getting curious about, hey, what's here beyond all this, this hard work and effort and all the me stories? really pretty much everything we've been working for. The Little School of Big Change Fall 2020 course begins in just one week on September 12th. If you're tired of the cycle of willpower and shame and you're ready for a new way to experience freedom, it would be my honor to support you in this course. I'm so confident that the school will help you the way it's helped so many others that we offer a money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And remember, you can also save 33% on the course and also get a huge library of digital courses and products when you're part of Student Access Plus. Go to thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to save your seat in the September guided course that starts next week, September 12th.